Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. So God um, brought our sister Nim last week, and man, God confirmed such a powerful word. Um, I was literally... But I was getting rocked with the word she was giving about structures because God was speaking for since December. God's been speaking to me about structure, the importance of structure. I know when we come from places, especially people that are very spiritual and mystical, that like experiencing glory, we always kind of, including myself, had a lot of collision in like other churches um, where maybe they didn't let the spirit flow and you get frustrated or maybe you had this expression of worship. Uh, you're told tone it down, take it out, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've experienced all that. And we could become a little bit like rebellious to when it comes to structure. About why they got to go to the announcements. And why they gotta, and, but we have to be careful that we don't become mumblers and grumblers. Because we want to be in the glory. If we're mumbling and grumbling because we want glory, there's still something wrong. Okay? I'm guilty of it. Totally guilty of it. Because there's needs. And sometimes we come like children. Well, I want to have fun. And we it's all about me, me, me. Not realizing, well, there's other brothers and sisters that might not experience this mystical glory that you get to experience. Because what you have is a special gift. And they have a different gift. So they might have a different need that you, you might not understand. And vice versa. We have the people that are very structured. Well, no, they always want to feel. They always want to jump. They always want to speak in tongues. They always want to blah, 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 blah. I had to deal with those people. Jesus. <laughs> you know? And, and it's okay because the, we live on earth. And on earth there's structure. There's certain things that both sides need to understand. It's not saying that this, this side is perfect for God and that side is not. And it's not saying that this side is perfect for God and that side is not. Jesus died on the cross. And Jesus died right in the middle. Extending his arm this way and extending his arm that way. And I think this is where many churches, revivals, movements of God have failed. Well, it's not compromising. It's coming into agreement, right, that we need each other. Those mystical ones could be like, yeah, but they're structured financially. Like, they got it going on, you know. Their businesses prosper. Their families prosper. But then the ones here that are very organized should realize, you know what, I need some of that. Holy Spirit encounter mystical. I need some vision in my life because I'm doing, doing, doing. A lot of people go, well, I'm a Mary and not a Martha. But why did Jesus love both? Why was Jesus eating Martha's food? See, Mary was eating from Jesus, but Jesus was eating from Martha. Think about that. Because we always go, oh, well, I'm not a Martha. Or you're such a Mary. Think about it. We're guilty of this. We've done it. Because if you're Mary, you've pointed at Martha. And if you're Martha, you've pointed at Mary. But maybe Mary and Martha need each other. They were always together. They were always together. They had different needs. And they had different gifts. One was the worshiper. And I'm telling you, I have none of this in, in what I have. I have none of this. God is just taking me this route right now. But she was the worshiper. But Martha was the worker. Right? Somebody needs to see the heavenly. Somebody needs to hear the revelation, but somebody needs to manifest it on earth. And what's happened is we've been either one or the other. And I think God's calling the church to be both. I've learned it. I remember years ago. I met a friend, and this is interesting, right, because I'm a Christian, and I'm about to talk about a Buddhist. It took a Buddhist to give me some God revelation. Yep, I said it right in front of your face. I'm not hiding it. I'm saying the truth. Years ago, when my mom was going through cancer, I was praying to God. I was like, God, not one of my Christian friends has called to pray for me or my mom. It's like they're blind to what I'm going through. And then my friend, the Buddhist, called. He said, can I pray for you? God, have mercy. I rebuke the devil. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, what am I supposed to do with this? And you know what Jesus says? Jesus said, where are your Christians? 
where are your Christians? Because here you are complaining that the Christians don't call you, but now that somebody calls you, you're freaking out because he's not a Christian. And the Lord said, let him pray for you because he loves. <gasps> well, I know, and I know some people here, this is going to flip out, and I don't really care because they weren't there. They didn't call me. You know why I call people? And if you come here, you know, most of you, at one point or another, I've called you and gave you a word out of nowhere. People was like, you're always on point. No, I'm not. Jesus is on point. I'm just listening to Jesus. He says, Abraham, call this person right now. I'm like, okay, I'll call right now. I'm like, Lord, it's like 3 in the morning. He, he's like, they're up. It's weird. I've called people at 4 in the morning. They're like, how did you know? I was like, Jesus woke me up and told me to call you right now. They're like, dude, I'm up praying. And then I'm like, well, Jesus said to tell you, da, 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 da. oh, my God, that's exactly what I'm praying for. I'm like, I know. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> like, I just see Jesus in this weird way. Like, he's, like, listening to us. He's like, hey, call that one. Because he's watching all of us. The Bible says he supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. But he can only supply those needs through his body. He needs a physical body, us. So if she's going through something, God's like, call this sister. Send her this encouraging word. And when you do it at the right time, the person always goes, man, I need to hear that right now. Every day, all day, I'm like, I needed to hear that right now. I needed to hear this right now. And, and I'm like, is this the matrix? No, it's God's voice. It's God's voice. The spirit of God, he said, is a benefit that I leave. For when I leave, I will send you a comforter. I will send you a friend. And he will lead you to all truth. No longer you live, but Christ lives in you. The Spirit of God lives in you. So how is he going to lead you? He's going to control your body. He's going to control your ears. He's going to control your mouth and speak things to you. But you have to be obedient to release it. He's not going to force you, right? And it's always that powerful. So anyways, going back to my friend, the Buddhist, I let him pray for me. God, I was like, Jesus, you better go with me. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm going to let a Buddhist pray for me. But I'm going to do it because you told me to. And I did. I know some people are like, oh, my God, he probably got a whole bunch of evil spirits. I had a whole bunch of evil spirits. <laughs> like, religion and church put so many. I used to go to church, and, went, and I went home to commit suicide. After I came out of church, I claimed to have revival. Okay? Hey, don't get no more evil than that. When a man that says he knows God takes a microphone to humiliate people from the altar, to put shame on God's children... There's no more evil spirit than that. I don't care. You call yourself a Christian. You could call yourself a Christian and have no love. You do not know God. A Buddhist that loves knows God more than a Christian that hates. I know it's hard, but it's the truth. Because religion don't save. It's love. Jesus is love. And Jesus has to be flowing in you. But I told the Lord, Lord, I'll go, but... I need you to be with me. And I'm telling you, when he came to the room, the lion of the tribe of Judah walked right behind him. I saw the lion. I was like, oh, my God. And the lion got like that. A lion like that. And the lion got on the couch. He's like, well, he talks. A lion that talks. And he goes, I'm here. I'm like, let's pray. <laughs> God touched him. God, he got hit with the Holy Spirit. We got the power of God. I'm like, oh my God. When I get home, I see Jesus come in my room. He's like, tell him that I said thank you for praying for you. Tell him that I'm your Lord, so I'm going to handle his prayer from here. So I called him up. I'm like, yo, Jesus is in my house. And Jesus told me to tell you. He's like, dude, you freak me out. How do you even come up with these stories? I'm like, I'm not coming up with them. He's here right now. You know, I see him, you know. And, and God just filled my heart. But one day, the same guy told me, when I first met him, he was like, we were talking, we started talking about spiritual stuff. And then I'm like, mm, I'm not going to talk about spiritual stuff with you. And he's like, why not? And I was like, no, because, you know, the Bible says that not to talk to, I, I was so offensive now that I think about it. I was like, the Bible says not to talk to carnal men about spiritual things. So I immediately just said, well, you're not a Christian, so you're not spiritual. And he's like, well, you know what? That's very selfish of you. You know that God takes you to the glory and it's not to keep you there? You know, he goes, you know how many people like to just go up in the clouds and claim they're spiritual and they're committing suicide because they never find their way in life? They never find where they belong on earth and they just want to stay in the clouds and they kill themselves? They get lost going to the glory? He goes, if God takes you to the glory, it's because you're supposed to bring something back to earth. You're supposed to touch people's lives on earth. 
You're supposed to run with what God gives you. It took a Buddhist. It wasn't a Christian. It took a Buddhist to tell me that truth. It was a psh, psh, And I started doing that. I started going to the streets. I was like, okay, God. Well, the Christians didn't like me, so they kicked me out anyways. So I'm like, okay, God, here I am in the streets. What do I do? Because like, walk into that bar. There's going to be a man on the piano. Walk to that piano and give that man a hug. I walk in, there's a man on the piano. God says, give him a hug. I'm like, that's going to be crazy. And it was a gay bar, by the way. So um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. There's a man at the end of the piano. There's a, people playing on this side of the piano. It looked like the Cheers bar. They're just here singing. And then at the end of the piano, there's this old man crying. And God's like, that one. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. It's kind of crazy when you start hearing God. It's like, you're like sneaking it, right? Because it's kind of weird. It's not like, oh, yes, I am the prophet so-and-so. You're just like, oh, my God, I'm crazy. Should I do this? You know, you're like taking these baby steps. But what happens afterwards is like, what? So I step up to the man and I tap him on the shoulder and I go, hey, can I give you a hug? He goes, sure. And he just threw himself on me. He was sitting down and I just held him. And that man sobbed. <laughs> like he's sobbing. People are just watching me and I'm just like. <laughs> like it was weird. And, but he cried for like 20 minutes. And then he goes, are you an angel? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, what is this man seeing? I was like, no. Like, do you not know the doubt I had to even step up here to you? You know, like I battled it. It wasn't like I had this super ego phase that I was like, yes, this is what I shall do. No, I battled that. I was like, should I go, should I go, should I go? You know, and then I did it. But it, it was, God knew even that moment of battle had to happen so I could get there to him at the right time. Because, are you an angel? I go, no, I'm a person. And he goes, but it's weird. And I'm like, what's weird? He goes, I was sitting here and I said, God, I need a hug. And you tapped me on the shoulder and said, can I hug you? You know, even my battle had purpose because God was holding me enough. Like, no, wait, wait. He's about to ask the question. He's about to go. It was perfect. Then I walked out of there and I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And like he was he told me he was going to go home and commit suicide. A usher of a church sitting at a gay bar about to go home and commit suicide. And God decides to meet him there. God needs a willing vessel. God just needs somebody that says, Lord, I'll go. I'll go. It's not to shame people. See, we were scared to be prophets because we, we got by examples. I'm not going to get in and ultra humiliate people and shame people and curse people. If I'm going to speak, I want to speak life in dead situations. I want to speak freedom in the midst of bondage. And I went down the street. God took me to a CVS. There's people there. I'm walking in. I see a lady. There was a bunch of people on the line, but I see a lady cashing out on one of those self-checkouts. And God's like, buy her stuff. And I'm like, okay. So I literally stand in. The lady's just busy checking her stuff out. And I'm like, okay, I need to make sure that I pay. Because he said to pay for her stuff before I say anything, right? So then, like, I see her take out her credit card. I already have my card in her hand. And as soon as she went to swipe, I grabbed her hand and I swiped my card. <laughs> she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, give me a second. And she's like, are you a manager? And I'm like, give me one moment. Because he said pay for her. I'm going to pay for her. And then I'm like, she's like, but what's going on? I'm like, give me a moment. I'm about to tell you. She's like, and then I'm like, okay, so before I tell you, do you promise to never forget? She goes, I promise. I was like, well, I walked in here, and God told me to buy for your stuff. Because today you need to know that you're loved. You, today you need to know that he's with you. She's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. She's like, are you an angel? I was like, second person in like an hour what this is awesome and then i'm like no i'm not an angel she's like oh, you're jesus i'm like no i'm not jesus she's like oh fine i know who you are you're god you're god right and i'm like no i'm not god i heard god and she's like this is crazy and she's like i'm a, I'm a stand-up comedian my shrink is going to think I'm crazy and they're going to try to put me on medication. And she goes, I just moved here. My brother, my boyfriend dumped me. I'm pursuing my career as a comedian. And now this happens to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know what would be amazing? You should make a show out of this. You know? So you don't know. Maybe somebody out there is having a comedy show and I'm the person they're talking about. But anyways, all of that just to say how important we are. 
right? To step into what God has called us. And God does, God told me that when he took me to the glory, I had glory encounters for 20 years. God taking me to heaven. But that's not what I want to talk about today. What I want to focus on is what God said. I am not just bringing you to glory so you could feel good. I'm not bringing you to glory so you could just be the next pompous, famous, known, anointed, appointed preacher. I have brought you to glory so you could supply a need on earth. And many of you have had, had encounters with God on heaven, in spiritual encounters, in dreams, and in visions. You have special gifts and special revelations. Some of you have special songs. But it's not just for you. It's not just for you. If God needs you to stay in glory, get ready. You ain't waking up tomorrow. Go to heaven then. If there's no need for you to live on earth, if you're not going to impact the kingdom on earth, there's no use for you. Go to heaven. Enjoy heaven. The fact of the matter is that God has you alive because there's people on earth waiting for you that only you're going to touch. You're going to touch them. Your story is going to be so powerful. I remember just last year, my, my best friend's father died, and it was really hard for me. And I was at their funeral, and they invited me to preach. And I'm seeing my friend going, Bobby. And I'm telling you, that's my, you know, you get older, you start realizing, oh, my God, life is real. Your parents are getting older. One day they're going to pass. It starts hitting you, and it's scary. And I'm like, that's one of my biggest dreads, like having to lose my dad. I know it's going to happen, so I'm not even going to say it's my biggest fear. I know one day my dad has to go rest and be with the Lord, you know. And it shakes me to the core. And I was at the funeral crying, and I saw her crying so much. And I went to the side, and I was crying. I was like, how are you going to do this to me? I'm scared, Lord. How am I going to fit? This is my biggest fear, and I can't even handle what she's going through. I'm like shaking. I was having like a breakdown. And I heard the voice of the Lord at the funeral home. And he said, you remember all those times I brought you to the glory? So it came down like a funnel, like a light. And I looked up and I heard his voice. And I said, yeah, I remember. He said, it's to comfort those that mourn. Some of you have encountered glory, but you're not comforting. Some of you have encountered the very power of God and you're not going. And it's not about the chills. There's something that happens. It's like a man and a woman. They, they have intimacy in the secret place. But a child is born out of that. And there's a child that enters earth. And a child that comes and lives on earth. And does things on earth. Right? Well, when you go into the secret place with God, you are impregnated with a ministry. You are impregnated with a gift from heaven. To bring joy to earth. To bring peace to earth. God gives you a word that is not just for you. It started with you. But it's going to run through generations of people. Your testimony started with you. Your brokenness started with you. And God encountered you in that brokenness. But now God is calling you rise up as a king. Rise up as a queen. And shine your light in the presence of all men. Not to give you glory. To give glory to the one that has your back. To the one that called you from darkness to marvelous light. That's why he says you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people acquired by God. But it, does it stay there? No, it doesn't stay there. It says to announce the virtues, the power, the might. Virtue is power, right? When Jesus was walking and the lady with the issue of blood touched them, he said, somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. No, Lord Jesus, look at the people that surround you and oppress you. They're, they're all touching you. He said, I'm not talking physical. Somebody just put, pulled virtue pulled power, pulled anointing out of me, right? I was me, Lord, forgive me. He's like, good girl, good girl, your faith has saved you. You have believed. So we are a people acquired by God to announce the virtues, to announce the power of the one that brought us from darkness to marvelous light. Why? Because there's so many other ones that are in darkness. So your job is like, you're like Noah, and you're getting the little animals in the ark. Just tell a flood is coming, and not in fear. 
Because what's coming is a flood of his love, a flood of his glory, a flood of his might. And he's trying to prepare his people. He's trying to prepare us in freedom. And for so long, we, we thought in all religious ways, we thought we were not good enough. We thought we had to look like them. No, you don't. If you heard my voice right now, I have not told any single one of you to be like anybody else. There is a gift that you have deep in you that God wants to use. You have an encounter with Jesus. You don't need to preach about Abraham. I know you have a testimony. There is no way any single person in this room right now can tell me you don't have not one story about God. There's no way because you wouldn't be sitting here. The reason that you came to church to worship him, the reason that you came to exalt him, the reason that you came to be together is to encounter the very presence of God. You are here because Jesus touched you. There's not one person in this room that has not been touched by God. There's one person in this room that cannot, cannot tell me that you don't know Jesus. You don't know Jesus like I know Jesus, but I don't know Jesus like you know Jesus. And I need your story. I need your testimony. Because when I hear your testimony, it encourages me. Because there's days that I feel like I'm weak and when I want to give up. And when one of you hits me up with a story, when one of you hits me with a message from God, I know that my father is using you like a little puppet to comfort his son. Because I know. Because I've seen how he moves. I see how his hand comes upon his children. I feel of the Lord to tell you. I know. I'm like, I will get a big old smile on my face. Somebody comes with a letter. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. God's using them. And they don't know it. Like, hopefully I'm not weird. <laughs> I'm like, when you encounter somebody that's encountered God, we're, we're excited for you. We're excited to see you take your first baby steps. It's only the beginning. It's only the beginning of his glory. Only the beginning of his mind. Let's go to that scripture. <laughs> I'm getting so... <laughs> It's just the joy. <laughs> Don't get scared with the joy. I've been rebuked because of the joy. Like, oh, that joy is the devil. You crazy. Are you crazy? You're going to tell me the devil made me laugh. The devil used to tell me to kill myself. The devil was telling me to end my life. The devil told me that God was lying to me and that God could never use or love someone like me. The devil told me that you will never be anything for God. So let me tell you, when I'm laughing, I'm laughing because that goodness Oh, it is good. It's like, wow, it really, dreams do come true. And so you are important. You are important to the body of Christ. You know, and it's, this message is supposed to be titled, Are You an Active Member? Are you an active member? And I'm not talking church. I need to hear my words. I'm speaking spirit. Let's speak of the kingdom of heaven. Are you active member in heaven? How are you an active member of heaven? You bring heaven to earth. You bring good news to those that are sad. You bring uh, um, um, joy to the ones that are depressed. You bring freedom to the ones that are in bondage. You knock down the, uh, the gates of hell to let the captives free. You got to read the Bible. Stop reading the Bible like a metaphor. And start reading the Bible in spirit. If you start reading scripture in spirit, you will see what God has been telling you all along. You're like, whoa, it's like two different realms. And in this realm, we're like, it's just a metaphor. No, it's not. It's true. If Jesus spoke metaphors, you know what his name would be? The metaphor. His name is the truth. You know that a metaphor is not truth. Metaphor is a mixture. Well, it's cold as hell. That doesn't even make sense. It's things that don't even, people use them, but they're not necessarily it. Jesus didn't do that. Man in their carnal mind couldn't understand the things of the spirit. But when you have the ears of the spirit, you're like, so there really is streets of gold. <laughs> there is, guys. I can we're going to dance together one day in heaven. I'm going to be like, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Hello, these paintings, I paint them. Why do you think I paint them? Because I'm bored. I'm not bored. <laughs> I'm not bored. I can't take heaven out of my mind because it's real. He is high and lifted up. The train of his robe does fill the temple. We are going to sit at his feet and worship forever. Kumbaya to the Lord. I'm not playing. When you get there, I'm, my face is going to pop up everywhere. I'm going to be like, 
<laughs> I told you. <laughs> It'll be like, Abraham's delirious. I know. <laughs> Even in heaven, I'm not going to be quiet. I'm uncontained there. And we don't have time. So I could talk all I want. <laughs> but look, so we read the Bible in love. When you read the Bible, read it in love. And you're going to see it like, wow, he's not preaching law. I mean, it's a heavenly law, right? There is love. So he's explaining to us so on earth we can understand what we really are in heaven. And he says, just as the human body is one. Look at your body. Your whole body is one. Though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. You have fingers, you have wrists, you have joints, you have fibers and muscles and nerves and everything, right? Tendons and blood cells and platelets and femur <laughs> and all types of sort of bones. You don't only have a femur, you have femurs, you know. You have different parts coming. You don't, even your teeth, they're not the same. They're molars and canine and baby teeth and big teeth and little teeth. Everything, just look at yourself. I'm not a biologist, so I'm just trying to express as much as I can. Your hair, you have all sorts. You have hair in your head, your legs. Yours, you have eyes, nose, ears. But you, last week God spoke to me and God says, a soldier by himself is not an army. He said, a body part by itself is not the body. Because if I cut this, you know what happens if you cut this hand off right now? It's going to die. And it's going to stop working because it's not connected. And a lot of Christians, this lie has come into the body of Christ because of hurt and pain. And instead of confronting the situation, we, because I did it, we chose to run away and say, you know what? I don't need the church. You need the church. You can't be alive without the church. And I'm not, see, listen to me, spirit. I'm not speaking go to the building down the street and be bored for the rest of your life. No, I'm talking about the bride of Christ. We need each other. You have a gift that I don't have. I might be sick and you're the one with the healing, the gift of healing. You might be depressed and I have the gift of word of knowledge. Maybe you have the gift of encouragement. Maybe I can't sing, but yet when you sing, David, you calm down Saul's demons. Don't belittle who you are because what the enemy wants is for you to belittle who you are and that you shouldn't be part of nobody, that you should be completely alone because you're not good for anything. And that is the biggest lie. You are beautiful. You are powerful. You are created in the image of God. And even God has a body with three. It's three in one. And we're millions in one. Amen? Amen? I'm not going to do the Spanish because everybody understands English. So we'll go to the next one. For by one spirit, we were all immersed and mingled. Look at that. We were all immersed. He's speaking from eternity. We were all immersed. He already saw us in eternity. He's like, guys, we're seated in heavenly places. We've been immersed in the glory of God, and we've been brought together from different nations and different tribes and different tongues, and we're coming together to form the kingdom of heaven. We are living stones into one single body, and no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. We have different gifts, but all these gifts are moving with the same spirit. The evangelist can't tell the apostle you're not needed. The apostle can't tell the prophet you're not needed. The pastor can't tell the teacher you're not needed. The pastor can't tell the sheep they're not needed. The sheep can't tell the pastor he's not needed. We need each other. Our gifts are important, and we need to work together. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body. And this is where usually I see happening in the body. We lack identity. And we think we're not good enough. We think, oh, well, I don't move like the hand. I don't write. 
so I'm not part of the body. I don't tickle, so I don't, I'm not part of the body. But you know what? The body can't run without you. How can we go to the nations if we don't have feet? How can we stand firm in what we believe if we don't have feet? Oh, well, I'm a knee. I can't go. Well, how are you going to walk? How can you walk if you don't have knees to bend? How are you going to pray if you don't have knees in the body? How are you going to bow down before the king of glory when you don't have knees to bend? You get what I'm saying? Well, I'm just the spinal cord. Well, how do we stand tall? How do we move the rest of the body? You are needed. God wants you to know today that you are needed and he needs you to be an active member of the body. Amen? So since I am not a hand, I'm not part of the body. It's forgetting that it is vital. It's still a vital part of the body. Or are you forgetting that you're vital? Because I know the devil comes with his lies. The darkness comes with his lies. The past comes with its lies. Telling you that you're not good enough. Telling you that you're not going to make it. Telling you that you're not needed. You're forgetting who you are. And God wants you to remember, Simba. Remember who you are. Remember that you are a royal priesthood. Remember that you are a holy nation. Remember that you're loved by God and that he began a good work in you. And he wants to complete it. But you have to also surrender to his will. Amen? Amen? And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really part of the body. Then how will you hear God? How, we, how can the body of Christ hear God if we don't have prophets? Prophets are ears and mouths. But how can, how can we know what God wants if we don't have people in the church that hear? How can we know what God wants if we don't have people that see? We need people that even taste. The Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. So we need some tasters. Somebody needs to be the tongue. How can the mouth speak? It has no tongue. You get me? How can the message of God be relayed to the world if we don't have people in the church that are mouths? But when they announce and then the people come, how can the church be the church if it doesn't have hands to greet them at the door, to lay hands on the sick, to embrace them when they're crying? How can the body be the church if it has no shoulders? And Jesus said, the foxes have their holes. The birds have their nests. But the son of man has no place to rest his head. He needs shoulders. He needs a neck. Okay? Maybe you're the neck in the body. Don't belittle it. The head can move. The head can function without the neck. The head can stand tall without the neck. I hope this is making sense. Because there's silence. In this. It's almost like, I think everybody's on the trip. They're like. <laughs> I hope you're receiving this with love. And I hope it's ministering to your hearts. You see, it's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Are you forgetting that you are an important part of the body? The enemy's been telling you you're not important. And you've been believing a lot. But Jesus said, look at that picture over there. He said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow. Hey, honey, you're beautiful. Come this way. God's saying, come this way. Don't go that way. There's danger that way. There's depression and loneliness. Come to me. Come. I'm tired. Come to me. All those that are heavy burdened and tired. I'm going to give you rest. Come to me. He says, my sheep are in the palm of my hand, and no one's going to snatch them away. Don't let the lies that you're not important take you away, because it's a lie. God is the truth. God is telling you that you are important to the body. Are you an active member? Amen? Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? Pretty much everything I just said. 
And if the whole body were just an ear, how can it smell the different fragrances? I know my sister over there, when she came and sang, she was in the mountain of the spices. And she, she was in the garden of the Lord where all the different spices grow. Oh, you don't believe me? Go to Song of Solomon and read it. And there's cinnamon that grows and myrrh and all the different fragrances. How can you smell the goodness of God? I remember years ago when God took me to heaven the first time in July 29th of 2001. And I smelled. I'm telling you, when I got taken to the glory, I smelled it. And I used to tell people, I was like, yeah, I could smell this perfume. I could smell this fragrance. And then I used to ask God, God, like, touch the rest of the people with this. And then one day, God was like, tell them to smell my presence. How do I tell people that? He's like, just tell them. And I went to the one young girl. I was like, smell his presence. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know. Just inhale, exhale maybe? You know? She's like, boom. And then I went around the circle, and every single young person, I'm like, smell the presence. Boom. Smell the presence. Boom. And we all could smell it. And all of a sudden, we were all in the gardens in the glory of the Lord. There is a smell. I remember while being churches, after that experience, I'll be in churches that everything's okay. And then I'm like, I smell him. Something's about to happen. And then the Holy Spirit will break out in the building. And people will be like, how did you know? I'm like, I smelled him. I smelled him. You know when you have a lover? Don't you know what your lover smells like? You're married. Do you know what he smells like? Right? You could be home alone, and all of a sudden, you're just like, He's a stinky. <laughs> but you know your lover's cologne. You know your lover's. I, I've seen lovers. They're like, hey, let me smell you. Even the babies, right? People take the baby. I love, I love my baby smell. Well, I love the smell of Jesus. And Jesus loves the smell of you. But how can we smell that sweetness? How can we smell that fragrance if we didn't have a nose in the house? We need a nose to smell and say, oh, I smell the fragrance of Lord. Something's about to come down. Oh, have you ever smell rain before it rained? You're like, I smell like it's gonna rain, and it rained. Our senses are powerful, so you're powerful. You are needed. <laughs> but God has carefully, listen, you're the member. God has carefully designed each member. And placed it in the body to function as he desires. Why are you here? Because you're part of the body. Some of you have been questioning why I keep coming to South Tampa. Because you're part of the body. You just need to accept it. Accept it. You bring beauty to this place. You bring culture to this place. You bring a uniqueness to this place. A diversity is required. Look at us. We're not all Hispanics. We're not all blacks. We're not all white. We're mixed. We're different cultures, different nationalities, different languages, even different spiritual gifts, different denominations that have come together to. I mean, I was raised Pentecostal. I know Brother Ritter was raised Baptist. We have all different people. If everybody says what they were raised we will see it's like, wow, we all really come from a different place. And God saw you. And you ended up here. God made a brand new church in the Tampa Bay area, in South Tampa. And for some reason, he's like, I'm going to pick this one. It's like when you're going to make a fruit basket. You don't only put strawberries in your fruit basket. You don't only put mangoes in your fruit basket or only bananas or only apples. You take one apple. You take a few strawberries. Take a few cherries, a few mangoes, and all of a sudden, you have a fruit basket. You can't have soup with just one ingredient. You can't have cake with just one ingredient. There's nothing. In, you can't have your car with just one piece. What is your car? Just one tire? No. Your car is all these different components together to make something greater. And all of us are all these little members coming together to create something greater. Amen. So God has carefully designed each of you and placed you in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required for if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see 
that there are many different parts and functions of one body. Look around the room. Again, yes, I want you to look around the room. All these different parts. But this right here is one body, one church. And I'm pretty much done. And then verse 27, I skip right there. It says, you are one, you are the body of the anointed one. You, you listen to me. I'm talking to you personally right now. You are the body of Jesus. You are important. And each of you is as unique and a vital part of it. Amen? When I was in college, I joined an organization and we learned this poem. We're almost done. And I learned this years ago when I was joining an organization. And when I joined that organization, I thought it was all about me. I thought it was like, oh, I'm going to join this frat. I'm going to be this. Right? But I didn't know that I was about to embark on a journey that had nothing to do about just me. It had to do with these total strangers coming together to end up becoming brothers. Right? And we learned this. And we had to like press in and God told me not everything you learned in the world was bad right because we all like, oh, come from the world everything was bad not everything was bad you educated you went to school you learned things you obtained abilities and talents you didn't know and I learned this and God's like the church needs this and it goes with this and it says are you an active member the kind that will be missed or are you just contented that your name is on the list? Are you happy that your name is in the book of life and that's it? That's it? That's all I'm going to do for the kingdom? I belong to heaven. Fine. I'm going to just stay there. Do you attend the meetings and mingle with the flock? The flock? Do you create relationship? Are you creating connections? Or do you stay at home to criticize the knock? How many people we know go to church, all they do is mumble, grumble, complain. You know, if, if you see that something's wrong, God showed it to you for a reason. And I said it last week and I'll say it again. If you tell me, hey, brother, I feel like you guys, guys are not going out enough. I'm going to ask you, or I'm going to tell you boldly. I'm be like, you know, God showed you that because you're the one that's supposed to step in that place, right? Because I'm not called to do everything. I'm not Jesus. And I need a body. Oh, well, I feel like you need to be painting in church. And I'm going to be like, uh, so you're going to start classes for painting so we can paint in church. Oh, we need a, we need a, 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 a keyboardist at church. Okay? You play keyboard. Get on it. God is showing you something because you're the problem solver. You're not the problem giver. You're a solutionary. You resolve problems. Amen? Christ lives in you, so you provide supplies according to his riches and glory. There's needs in the churches. That means you're needed. There's needs in the community, and you saw it. Oh, well, those drug dealers are always there. You saw it. And if you saw it, it's your responsibility. We can't be like these prophets. We know a lot of prophets, they like to point out everybody's sin. You know what I learned? God told me. He goes, when I reveal to you somebody's sin, you're the one that's going to stand in the gap for them. You're the one that's going to stay up all night praying for them. When I show you that somebody's in depression, you're going to bring joy to their life. When you see somebody hungry, it's you. Don't pray for God to send somebody to feed them. Pull your car over. Go to McDonald's. Go to Walmart. Go somewhere and buy the meal. Because you are the hands of Jesus. 
Oh, well, Ybor City, they're full of, full of sinners. That's what you saw? Then it's your turn to go to Ybor City and shine the light. Oh, it's so much darkness in that club. So much darkness down that street. So much darkness in that church. So much darkness in that neighborhood. All I'm going to tell you is, and you're the light that will shine in the midst of that darkness. We are problem solvers. We are suppliers to the needs of this world. It says, do you take an active part to help the work along? Or are you just satisfied to only just belong? Are you happy that you just come to church? Are you just happy that you experience Jesus all the time, but you're not sharing Jesus with nobody else? Are you happy that you have food in your house, but walk down the street and see all those people hungry and never compelled to feed them? I'm telling you, try it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to... Some of you are going through some depression, and it's because you're not stepping out in who you are. My mom was going through cancer. And God said, pray for people that have cancer. And I started seeing people that had cancer. And I started visiting the people that had cancer. And I invested in an alkaline water machine. And I wasn't only giving my mom water. But every person I encountered that had cancer, I was filling those big things of water and I was taking it to them and I'm not saying this to boast I'm saying this because I sowed a seed and God healed my mother from cancer I saw a lot of those people pass from cancer and there was fear that maybe my mom wouldn't make it and my mom's cancer free I think it took a step of faith to give the very thing I needed to give it I'm not pastor because I'm the most powerful. I'm probably the weakest one in this whole room. But when God calls you, you stand. When God looks at you and he says, you're strong, you trust God. You believe God because God said you're strong. Amen. Do you work with your committee and get right in the mix? Or leave the work to just a few and talk about the cliques? Think about this member. You know right from wrong. Are you an active member? Or do you just belong? Amen. I know this is like. like <laughs> I just see it in all the faces. All the faces are like. I'll go home now. And crawl into bed. <laughs> but I. <laughs> it's pretty powerful though. I never thought, I feel the, you know what's crazy? I feel the very presence of God. I feel the authority and the love. I feel the, I feel the kindness of God, like, melting through me right now. Like, there's something so beautiful about confrontation. This is confrontation in a beautiful way. And I think God's raising us up to bring beauty back into the church. To let people know that they're important. Every single one of you, I said it and I'll keep saying it. Every single one of you has such a unique gift. And I had to learn. I was talking about it on Facebook this morning. For years, God was like, you're going to go here, you're going to go there. And people criticized me. I didn't get support. We're talking about a year. I'm 43. It's been years. And I don't look it. Praise the Lord. But, I mean, they're starting to come in fast. <laughs> I'm like, get back get back <laughs> but you know I have my friend Matthew he was one of my youth over 10 years ago already he knows he knows the journey he sits here today as a witness as a witness of what we went through of what it is to be criticized of what it is to be knocked of what it is to be mocked of what it is for people not to believe or people call you crazy or emotional, you just always want to feel. I know. And you know what? God put love in my heart for them. And now I understand the other side. You know, pastors go through a lot. But I believe if we work together, we're going to see heaven on earth. Amen? Less than, I know there's such a sweetness, which I'm not going to interrupt it, but I do want to honor everyone. And I know some people have plans and stuff. But I want to, I'm going to pray. And 
we have, um, I'm gonna just ask you just right there where you are at, just close your eyes and um, just let God speak to you. Let's let God right now in the in this sweet whisper reveal to you who you are, reveal to you um your identity, reveal to you your purpose, even your gifts. Like take a look at what you love to do. Look at what you love. See, because God never called you to do things that you don't love. God called you to do the very thing you love. Some of you, I know you've forgotten what it is to be a child. But I pray that God will reveal to you what were those things you loved as a kid. Even if it was a long time ago. Some of you love to cook. And you should cook. Some of you just like to have a smile on your face and bring encouragement to others. And that's perfectly fine. And some of you, your ears, and you, you don't talk a lot. But man, you could listen to your friends talk. And you're perfectly fine being that. Some of you jump around when you feel God and it's, it's so beautiful. And then there's the other ones that you just like to sit there still in the stillness and, and look at everything in wonder, like admiration of how God touches all your brothers and sisters. All of it is, some of you like to take pictures and some of you like to paint them. Some of you like to go out and love the lost and encourage them. Some of you like to go out and feed the hungry. Some of you love to sing and some of you like to play drums. Some of you like to write. Some of you like to make up songs while some of you like to sing songs that were already written. Some of you like to create graphics and some of you like to write poetry. Some of you just get captivated in your imagination and, and dream with Jesus. And you know what? Every single one of you is important. And it's time that you bring your gift to Jesus. Bring it. Let him use it. Some of you are going to have organizations to feed the hungry. And some of you might just open an art gallery. Some of you might tour the world, bringing music all around the world. And some of you might just prepare meals to a loving family. But you know, when you did all these things, you did it unto the Lord. You did it to God's kids. So I want you to know that you have worth. I want you to know that you are his beloved bride and that you are precious and that the Lord takes delight in the things that you do. The very thing you do is what brings God joy. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.